Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. It's the new show that's the talk of the town. You're tuned in with host Donna Lyons for the latest in entertainment plus the most engaging discussions, top actors, musicians, and producers from Hollywood to Broadway. It's all entertainment. Delivering the buzz and the scoop in three, two, one. Good morning, everyone. I hope you have your cups of coffee because it is a little early for some of you. My guest today is a total blast. Jeff Cole, who is a self-taught 21st century American artist from Baltimore, Maryland. And she holds a degree from St. Bonaventure University in journalism and mass communications. And in 2012, she was endorsed by Campbell's Soup in celebration of the 50th anniversary of Andy Warhol's Campbell's Soup's Can. In 2016, she headlined the Music Fest Art Festival supporting the Goo Goo Dolls with her visual art installation, Sex. Jose. Oh my God, I need to know more about that. She works with many artists. She works with many artists throughout a wide range of mediums, including film, photography, textile, and music. She attributes the combination of these experiences as being the core influence of her work, which tends to revolve around human behavior and interest. Jess, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. This is a blast already. <laughs> so, how are you? Tell people how we have to tell people how we met because it was so it was so fun when we met we were at yeah we were at the um Hirshhorn that's how you pronounce it right right in DC yeah yeah and we went to go see an exhibit that was there and we were all literally there were so many people that wanted to see this exhibit that people were lined up for days it took me two days to get into it we went down we went down Friday or something. I don't remember what day we actually got in, but it was the last weekend of the Kusama exhibit. Yeah. And yeah. We went down the day before and I was outside of the exhibit like asking for like a fish ticket, like it was like a miracle. And all these like really fine art people were like, That's not how it works and I was like, I don't know, maybe it could <laughs> So we ended up, you know, having to totally go back the next day, which was worth it. But, I mean, there's nothing like seeing one of your famous artists when you're, like, royally hungover because, obviously, we went out that night in D.C. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, these, this, this is beautiful. This is so beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> I got to go. Oh, my God. But we were standing in line, and you guys were in front of us. Susie and I were standing in line, and you two were in front of us waiting to get in. And we ended up just on conversation because we were over, we were listening to each other's conversations and they were hilarious. And so yeah. we ended up just joining in conversation with each other. But the funny part was that it was pouring rain and everybody had umbrellas. And it seemed like every single person with a massive umbrella cut in between us to walk. But what was crazy is like, even as the line progressed and we changed our location, it continued to happen. So that's when exactly. we were we realized we were like umbrella magnets. <laughs> it was like, what's so the deal insane. with this? Yeah, we did. Every time we moved, someone would still come through with an umbrella, even when we blocked Half the it. time we were undercover. We were like, why don't you why don't you put that away? <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> 
we all got to know each other, and, and we've been friends since, and I'm following your career, which is just amazing. But I really want to tell the listeners a little bit about your background. So why don't you go ahead and tell them, like, how you got into all this? What what transpired that make you want to be an artist and where you went to school? And give us the info on that. Well, you know, I think – in all honesty, I think it was always something that was happening even from when I was a kid. I mean, I was sending letters back to, like, to Rosie O'Donnell when she was doing her talk show with the Koosh Balls and doing things like that. And I was always kind of putting myself in positions of places that were entertainment-related that I was, I was interested in, you know, or I looked up to. And I was lucky because my mom was super supportive of that. Like, you know, I remember when I was a kid, we were sitting at Mickey Mantle's in New York City, and they were doing an ESPN radio broadcast at the table next to us, and they were talking about the Super Bowl and everything. And I went over there and started talking to these, you know, the the radio DJs. And, I mean, I had no idea what I was talking about, but I was about, <laughs> you know, eight years old, and I, you know, got on there and was talking about like, oh, his footwork is amazing and all this stuff. And mostly I think it was just the infatuation with kind of the entertainment life. I think it's just really interesting and it's challenging for me. So, you know, it keeps me on my toes. Yes, but you're not shy by any means. (laughs) No, I mean, I think I've always just kind of been like, oh, like I, I, I view entertainment people, musicians, artists, and stuff as my peers. And if they were older than me or more successful than me or whatever, I always just figured, oh, you're 10 years ahead of me. I mean, I can't compete with that. But I'll be there someday, too. And initially when this started, you know, I was living – I left school with um, a journalism degree and a minor in marketing. And it was right after the newspaper crash, and I really wanted to be a writer – but I was like, no way I'm doing this. And, you know, you know, I mean, just publications just went downhill. And even just like the style of reporting was different. And people weren't really even getting paid for blogs yet then. So, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to go out and I'm going to film rock bands. And I've kind of always been that kind of person that, <laughs> you know, has ideas and I'll figure out a way to do it. But truly, this one was really lofty. And, I look back at, you know, I've been really, like, sentimental lately and been um, reflecting on kind of how all this came to be. And I really feel like I was chosen in a sense. And I don't know if that sounds, like, cocky or whatever, but, you know, universally I've always kind of been in the right place at the right time to enable this. And when opportunities have come my way, I haven't been like, oh, wouldn't that be cool? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it, you know, because – I I really just wanted to, and I never really expected to end up being the talent. I always thought I would be marketing for somebody else, you know, so when um, my friend at the time was like, you should take your art seriously, I kind of only needed one person that I looked up to, to kind of give me that confidence, and when he did that, it was Scott Metzger, he's an amazing guitar player, he's in um, well, a million bands, but most notably at the moment with Joe Russo's Almost Dead. And I really looked up to him as an artist. And he was like, these collages are really great. You should do something with them. And I was living in New York, and I was like, yeah, guy, like, I'm one of a billion here. Like, who's going to come see me? 
right? Right. So he he was like, I'll come down and play a few songs at your show. And I Did I lose you, Jeff? Oh, we lost her, so we're going to try calling her back for some reason. Let's try this. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Sorry about that. But I think, are universe. we on the air still? It's the universe. You know what? It was one of those damn umbrella people. <laughs> I know. They're, like, they're here. I swear to God. Um, not right <laughs> I know, right? They're, they're in our way. No, and I think um, what he expected me to do was to probably hang my stuff up at the deli, and he'd bring his guitar down and sit on a stool and play a few songs. And, you know, I'm, I kind of have, like, that imaginary goldfish syndrome of, like, the bigger your space, the bigger your ideas. And his small idea of – or his very polite offer – to come and play a few songs at my first art opening turned into me renting a music venue, throwing an Andy Warhol freak fest, and Scott putting together a Velvet Underground tribute. And so we had this amazing party in the middle of a blizzard in the West Village. And, you know, some rock stars came, people trudged out in the snow, I sold my first pieces, and I was totally hooked. It's addicting. So I was kind of off and running after that. Well, you're you are the type go big or go home. I mean, and and that's good to be. And I truly believe that the universe puts us in a place we where we are chosen to do what we do. I mean, I started out as a writer, and look where I'm at now. I ended up having my own television show, and I've been on Fox News and CNN, and now I'm, you know, I have my own radio network with lots of different hosts, and I just think that. It, and I didn't even ask for it. It's like it just happened. Everything just rolls into it. So I totally believe that the universe, I mean, you always had the gift. Because you're working and I think it happens, honestly, to everybody in the sense that, like, if you're really open to it and you're not yes. afraid of, like, if you have these ideas for yourself. And, I mean, this wasn't even initially the plan. I just knew I wanted to be in this cycle and in, in, in this, you know, in this, in this environment professionally. And a lot of it came from, I was spending so much time at concerts and it shows that I was like, yo, I got, I have to start getting paid for this. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be like spending all my time here for free, you know, like, because I'm going to go broke. And I mean, I did, I did for a while there and you know, that's art life, but you know, that's truly one of the things I realized early on in my twenties. I was like, I got to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> like, this no, could be it, this could be and, bad. <laughs> and I think and I think the other thing too is like just go with the flow. I was talking to a friend this morning who's a psychic medium <laughs> and we're super, super close and we were just talking about how things open up when you open yourself up and it just you go with the flow and let it happen. And I truly believe that you were chosen to do this because your stuff's incredible and you have the most awesome personality. But I you know, one of the shows I just saw online um, you did a little piece for in the Baltimore Sun was the um, the alchemy of the, the art gallery. So yeah, I've done the alchemy of art pop, is an amazing yeah, pop logic. Yeah, pop, yeah, pop logic. So it's been a few shows over the years. Pop logic was actually the first show at the alchemy of art. Um, I think probably about 
six years ago, and that was Pop Logic is the show that Campbell's Soup endorsed. So ever since then, you know, and then speaking about like you saying like you got to kind of just go with the flow. There was a good part of my early career that you know, I mean, look, I'm never gonna, and I don't ever expect this to be easy. I think I go, I approach it with a completely different attitude. I'm just so grateful, like I can't even believe it. So, you know, I wake up every day and I'm here to grind. Like, I don't want to, like, I already screwed it up once. I don't want it to go away again. You know what I mean? So I'm super, super focused on it now. I think that's also, you know, kind of being in my 30s and getting a grip on myself. But, um, you know, I think with the, the Pop Logic show was a big, a big stepping stone for me because I think it was some of my biggest, my first really honest work as far as me personally, it was about a relationship that I was going through. I was dating someone that was pretty high profile and and the breakup followed suit (laughs) and uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't the most delightful experience, but it definitely taught me about certain ways that like, I definitely don't want to behave and, you know, things, you know, behaviors and lifestyles that you fall into that necessarily aren't the healthiest. And, you know, I took a lot of time reflecting on that. And I kind of felt like making paintings would be cheaper than therapy. And I, that's true to a degree, but also not really. (laughs) Um, And, but it lucked out because, you know, I think that honesty really was the start of a lot of things for me. And at that point, I was being very, controlling about how my stuff worked and, you know, how it was going to be and whatever. And that it was that show, I did that show in Allentown um, at the art festival in Buffalo. And that's where I was discovered by Music is Art, which is Robbie Takak's uh, nonprofit. Um, and Robbie is the one of the founding members of the Goo Goo Dolls. And you know, they discovered me there and I started working with them and doing their festival and kind of used that whole experience and like brought in their guidance and all that sort of stuff and kind of let things start happening naturally. And it took some time to adjust. I mean, a couple years for me not to be so maniacal, right? But even in the past year and a half, you know, I've really just kind of been like, you know, it's whatever, it's going to be what it's going to be. Like, you can't be so mental over it because I was really starting to lose my mind. You know, I was like, oh my God. Right. But the minute I kind of, a friend of mine said to me, look, like you're missing the best part of your career right now. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they were like, this is the time where things are starting to happen for you. And you're so wrapped up in making sure you know, it all gets done and, you know, like whatever. And it was the grind to make enough money, really, you know, that I was missing the good part and the fun part and the stuff that like you're going to look back on, right? You hopefully get to look back on. And it really was an eye opener. And I've been lucky throughout, you know, a lot of experiences in this where people sit me down and they're like, yo, check yourself, you know, because you don't (laughs) want to, you don't, you don't want to get so wrapped up in it that you're like, oh, what was that like again? And since I've been doing that, it's gotten even more successful, which is kind of amazing to see, you know? So the pop logic thing is how that really started with that, like that lesson, you know? And then after that was sex pose with, with the mannequins, which, you know, I, I kind of think was my best work ever, but that was, that was a hard show. (laughs) That was a hard show to book. (laughs) 
Those were cool, man. Like, um, I did about 21 mannequins, which I, it's, I guess, you know, it's juxtaposed. I guess every artist at some point has a mannequin in their house or does something on a mannequin. Like, I had no idea. I fell into having a bunch of mannequins, and I was like, I'll, I always had this thing about gluing, gluing stuff to other stuff since, you know, 2009 <laughs> or whatever. But, you know, I'm sure you can ex- figure out what that tagline really was. And... Um, <laughs> And so the mannequins were all like sexually fetish related. It was all based on the transition of sexuality. And this was probably about five years ago. I mean, it was before Miley Cyrus did her craziness on the VMAs and everything. So people weren't quite as naked as they are now and quite as open. It was a little too early. And I mean, the mannequins, you know, I have the one in the house here where she's a bunny and and she's, you know, erotically holding her carrots. If you know what I mean. So, you know, people, when I was trying to shop the the exhibit, you know, I wanted, out of the 21, I wanted to show 14. It was a really, really crazy experience only because every time I booked it somewhere and I had a sponsor to pay for it, they'd pull out, no pun intended. And, uh, you know, like I'd lose, I'd lose the money or I'd lose the venue. And it got to the point where I was looking at this artwork and I was like, should I just give up on it? And instead of doing that, I continued to make pieces. And then the ones in the, the, the second year ended up being better than the ones in the first. So there was a really cool collection that happened. And then it was the Goo Goo Dolls that, you know, that brought me on again to headline their music festival in Buffalo. And I was, and it's kind of wild to say as a visual artist, I headlined with a band. Because you often think, how is that even possible? And I didn't even know it was, to be honest. But there I was, you know, there on the main stage, and I'm sitting in this partitioned off area, and there's all my art, and I'm sitting in there with it, DJing and doing my stuff. And it was really cool. You know, it was a, it was a really monumental accomplishment for me to get that work shown because, you know, it had so many ups and downs in its production. You know, so, I mean, those are like the things that you're like, okay, you got to stick with it. You know, you got to keep going with it. It's really, it's really fulfilling. Did they use any of those on their covers ever? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it was like a one. You know, peeking from behind a curtain or something. Oh, there's that. Well, you know, (laughs) I put a couple of Klein hands for a show and then. Honestly, they, we had to, I had to travel them up in like this massive commercial truck that I rented from Enterprise because I had them all installed on the blocks and I had to, and I actually hired my buddy Brian um, to be my roadie for the week because I obviously wasn't driving that big ass truck and was (laughs) not messing around with that. So we, he's, you know, boy scouted and knotted these mannequins to the side of the insides of this truck. And we get up to the festival and here, I mean, I'm like five foot six, like not that. I'm like a pretty kind of small girl. And like, I roll up with this big truck with all these mannequins and my manager at Music is Art is like, oh my God. And it was so cute because this past week when I was up there doing my show at the recording studio, um, you know, he paid me the most delightful compliment. And like, I mean, I took it that way. He was like, 
I pull up to the recording studio with the van, and he's, like, looking in the van, like, all concerned. <laughs> and I'm like, Don, what's up? I, I was like, I showed you all the pictures of what I brought. He's like, well, I just don't know what to expect with you sometimes. You know, and I was like, oh, my God, thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> I was like, no, it's fine. He was like, there's no mannequins in there. I'm like, no, we're good. Because the last time we did something outrageous like this, the one mannequin had live bullets on it, and I had no idea. <laughs> I had, it was called Bang Bang, and it was a, man, a male mannequin. And I, and I used a shotgun, a revolving shotgun, like a plastic shotgun as his uh, appendage. And then he had bullets, like, all up his chest and down his back and down, like, piled at his foot. And here I, you know, wake up on a Sunday morning. I looked upright. I was in my studio all night, and I was like, I'm going to go over to Walmart and buy me some bullets today. Because, you know, really, the, the way I looked, no one should have been selling me bullets, for real. And um, so Sunday morning, sure, sure thing, there I am in Walmart, like 11 a.m., looking in the case, and I'm going, ooh, those are pretty. I, I can use those for art. I bring them home, bring them back to my studio, and I'm hot gluing them to the mannequin. And it wasn't until my friend at the time came over to help me install the stuff that he was like, are these live bullets? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and then it was like, and he was like, well, we're going to take them off because we were drilling. He's like, I'm not trying to find out. And he's a great artist too. So I was like, yeah, let's not lose our hands today. Um, <laughs> and then it was probably, you know, a week later that, the, that my manager called me from the music festival and he's like, uh, just for, you know, insurance reasons and whatnot, are those bullets on the mannequin live? And I was like, I don't know. I don't think so. And so here we are unloading the mannequin at the fest, and Don's looking at it, and, I, and he's mad concerned. The bullets are falling off and everything. He's like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything right now. And I was like, what? And it was like, he's like, I think these are real bullets, dude. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, Sorry. But, like, straight up, like, Sunday morning at Walmart, like, someone who doesn't know a thing about anything, buying bullets, no clue. That's how easy that was. Amazing that you just sell them that way, isn't it? Like, here, buy some bullets and not even ask yeah, any that questions. Was, yeah, that was literally I, part of the project for me. Like, I woke up that morning, and I had had this idea, and I was, like, truly curious. I was, like, I wonder what it's, how easy it is to go buy this right now you know that's and, and here's the thing I easily could have bought the gun to go with it like I mean oh. I could have thrown that in the cart too and I mean <laughs> I looked crazy I looked straight crazy like I was covered in paint like I, you know my makeup was down my face I had been up till 4 a.m playing with something in my studio listening to music too loud you know what I mean yeah so, in no way shape or form should I <laughs> survive <laughs> It worked out, though, and, you know, everyone was safe and sound, but ideally, it probably wasn't. And things artists do. I mean, that's all you can do is shake your head sometimes when you look at some of this artwork that's out there and go, oh, my God. But, you know, it is what it is. That's hilarious. Yeah. Do you have anything coming up? Like, the honesty of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Um, before we go, I just wanted to, to have you give a website and tell people if you have anything coming up soon. And I also want to let people know that you're going to be coming on again really soon. Oh, wonderful. I would love to do that again, do this again. Um, my website is jessmessin.com. That's J-E-S-S-M-E-S-S-I-N. Um, and also my Facebook and my Instagram are your most up-to-date. I'm probably the worst blogger of all time, <laughs> my feelings. In real time, it's definitely the social media game for that. And coming up, I'm doing a couple, you know, I just came off of a big show where I did, I made my first or my largest collection exhibited at once to date a solo collection and it was called spoiled it's been a hell of a year so it seemed ironic because this year has been <laughs> very interesting um however you know so i'm taking a little time to kind of get myself in gear again i did 80 or i did 30 oil paintings and about you know, something like 50 pastels or something crazy. So it was a, it was 80 plus pieces and then a bunch of installation stuff to go with it. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it was fun. So that's up at the, at GCR audio in Buffalo, New York. And if you want to go see it, you can either contact um, me through my social media or you can call GCR directly and you can do a private viewing that way. And then my next gigs coming up, I'm working on some, um, you know, some heady art for my alternative market. And I have a body of watercolors that has just been recently purchased by Bed Bath & Beyond. It's in South Moon Under and, you know, countless retail locations throughout the United States. And uh, so I'm kind of parlaying on that idea and I'm going to make some stuff for a great chain of head shops here in the Maryland region called Smoke Signals. So I think my uh, pizza flour and my shroom jelly will probably get some play. And I'm working on some condom art for Johns Hopkins Pediatric AIDS and HIV Clinic to raise some money for their Wrap the Runway um, show that they'll be doing soon here in Baltimore, which is cool because I think, you know, That's ultimately awesome. there's yeah, some, like yeah, there's some projects that like, I think the whole point of being able to kind of say and say and do and feel what you want and be able to like portray that in art, if you can do that for someone and it's beneficial and, you know, everyone kind of wins. Like, I think that's the yeah, coolest 100%. thing ever. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I, I'm so excited about this project right now. It says bad, what is that? Bad credit, no problems, bad STD problems, <laughs> bad STD test problems, bad credit, no problems, bad STD test problems. Yeah. Some things are just not repairable, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so I think it'll be fun. Everything's kind of snarky and kitschy for this one. So I think it'll be, it's kind of cool to be able to, like, do that a little bit since I've been grinding on this corporate art so much. Yeah. Well, how much fun for you. And, of course, Susie and I will be coming up to see you in the near future. We're just trying to get our schedule straightened out. So once we get that, I know, I gotta, come, come visit. We need to do, you know what we should do? A radio show on Facebook Live with all of From us. From the studio. I was just going to say that. Yes. Oh, we my God. can look at all my Vintage Mad magazines. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. We're doing it. That would be great. I'll have to make some doodles for you so it looks extra pretty. <laughs> I want one with 
with an umbrella, of course. You know, we got it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I will, that actually, you know, you'll come here and there'll be a whole umbrella installation. <laughs> oh, man. I just adore you, Jess. Thank you so much for taking time to come on today. I'm sure all the listeners were enjoying it as much as I was. And um, uh, I want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, too, because this is, this is my last show before Father's Day. So I want to say happy Father's Day to everybody as well. And yeah, big up to the dad. So and I will be talking to you real soon. Thank you again so all right, much. Awesome. Thanks. So No, I mean, this is a blast, and I appreciate it. And, you know, please visit my social medias and all that good stuff just for something cool and different to look at. And, you know, I'm just having a lot of fun, and I just so appreciate, like, you asking me to do this and whatever. It's a dream come true. So, um, you know, just stick around for more, I hope. <laughs> yeah, and you're, and please check out her artwork. Honestly, it is insane. It is so cool. I love your stuff. So I hope everybody Thank you. out. Yes, you have a great rest of your day, and I'll, we'll be talking soon. Happy Friday, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Everyone, that was Jess Pohl. She's an artist uh, from Baltimore, Maryland. Such a cool lady. And please, please go check out her work. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. <laughs>